0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. How are you this morning? You doing well? I hope so. I hope so. It's good to be up here. Always I love coming up here and and, uh, reconnecting and meeting some new folks. So if I haven't met you yet... Love to do that. Uh, Please introduce yourself to me before you leave. I'll be out in the lobby area afterwards. So um, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, You saw the bumper there. and, and, And as you can see, it depicted the power of wind and the power of wind to power us up. And I want to ask you a question today. My question is this. How's the wind blowing in your life these days? Anybody ride bikes here? Anybody like to ride a bike? Yeah, well, there are times when I'm riding my bike and it seems like the harder I pedal, the slower I go because the wind is blowing in my face. Anybody ever have that feeling, that sense in your life where you're just, man, you're facing the headwinds of life. It's coming at you strong and you can't seem to make any progress. And uh, if I'm on a trail, I'm hoping that I'm hitting the headwinds at the beginning so that whenever I'm making my way back... I have the wind at my back. It's always easier when the wind's at your back. For some reason, for me, I think the wind always changes whenever I turn. The wind's always in my face when I'm on my bike. But I hope for you today that you're sensing the wind at your back. And we're using wind as a metaphor because Scripture uses wind as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. And I I want us today to take a look at that. Um, We're going to do a bit of an exploration. I'm going to bring a lot of stuff at you today. Um, So please, if you're following along in your Riverside app, there'll be a lot of notes you can take there. And I'm sure you won't be able to remember everything that comes at you, but I just pray that something jumps out at you, something stands out at you, that you can walk out of here today and say, I'm so glad the Holy Spirit's in my life because of this. And that when you walk out of here, that you're going to take the Spirit with you too often, I feel like we have these experiences with the Holy Spirit. We're in church. We have, we're worshiping, or we're praying, or a message is spoken, and it was like, man, God really spoke to me. And then we leave it here, and we walk out the door, and we go back, and we're never different. We don't change. So so my prayer today is that somehow, some way, the Spirit of God speaks to you that makes a difference tomorrow in your life and the next day. All right? So We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, this Holy, who's the Holy Spirit? Who's the Holy Spirit? You know, I find that we can relate to God, but we relate to God in a sense like this God out there somewhere, all powerful, all knowing, all, you know, everywhere, and then, you know, he comes closer to us in the person of Jesus. We can relate to a, you know, somebody that has flesh and bones, and we we understand Jesus, we see the story of Jesus, but for far too many of us, the Holy Spirit is this nebulous thing that we don't connect to. And yet, and yet, the Spirit is that which is closest to us in terms of the Godhead. We believe that God is one. There's one God, but God shows up in three persons, and the Spirit is a person. And the personhood of the Spirit wants to get close to you and be a force of the wind at your back in your life to help you face the headwind. So let me just give you a little bit of background in terms of the wind of the Spirit and where the Scripture uses that. You'll notice in Genesis, at the very beginning, the Spirit is there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth is formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. So we get this picture of this primordial chaos. And yet the Spirit of God was there, hovering over the water. So we see this picture at the beginning of the creation story of this formlessness, this void, this emptiness. It's not that nothing's there. It's just that whatever is there has no order, no reason, no beauty to it. And then day by day god begins to out of this create something that has function something that has order something that has beauty and every day it becomes more orderly more functional and more beautiful and at the end of which god creates humanity humankind male and female he created them in the image of god he created them And then he said, you are to take this thing that I'm doing and extend it to the rest of the earth. And we see there in Genesis chapter 2, out of the dust of the ground, God formed mankind. And what did God do? He breathed into him. And that word ruach is a word for wind or breath in scripture. And God breathed into humanity and gave mankind the breath of life the breath of life. How many of you could use a fresh breath of the Spirit in your life today? I need it. I need it. And then I love the story in, in, in Ezekiel where you see that Ezekiel the prophet has this vision about God gives him this vision of God's people. And he says, you know, God's people are like this valley of dead, dry bones, dusty, lifeless used to have life, no longer has life, dead bones. But God says to Ezekiel, I'm going to do something here. And I want you to do something. I want you to prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, he goes on and says. And prophesy to the wind. Put the scripture up there. And, and he says, and, and, and Ezekiel uh, prophesied to the wind. And it said, uh, and then there came breath from the four winds and and come breath from the four winds and breathe into these that are slain that they might live. And so Ezekiel prophesied and he commanded me and in this vision that he had, the breath entered into these dry bones and they came to life and they stood up on their feet and became a vast army. The breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God gave life and the spirit of God gives life to us when we're dry and dusty, when we're thirsty and barren, the Spirit of God breathes life into us. Do you need the Spirit of God to breathe life today into you? Jesus, crucified, disciples, terrified, hiding, not knowing what to do, where to go, where to turn. Jesus appears to them, and he shows up, and he says, peace be with you. And with that, he, what? Breathed on them, and said, receive the Spirit. You see that? The breath, the wind coming into them and breathing them. He says, I'm going to send you, and you're not going to go alone, because the breath of God is going to energize you to go and do whatever God is sending them to do. And then we remember the story, and we'll go into this in further detail next week, where after he ascended into heaven, he said, I want you to remain in Jerusalem because I'm gonna send you what, what the Father, the promise of the Father, wait there for it. And then on the day of Pentecost, it says, suddenly what? The sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire and separated and came on them. And all of them were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. So wind, that's why we use wind as our metaphor because the scripture uses wind. You can't, the spirit, the scripture says, you, you, you can't, you don't know where it comes from, you don't know where it's going, but you know the wind exists in the same way it is with the spirit of God. It's there, it's a reality. There are times in my life when I am desperate for the Holy Spirit to blow into my world again, into my life again. You might be here and be in one of those spots right now. Maybe you're just in the doldrums and you're just not going anywhere right now. Life is just on cruise control and you're not going anywhere. You know what the doldrums are, right? You're at the equator, there's no wind. Back in the days where they needed the wind to to blow them across the ocean and there's no wind, they're stuck. Maybe you're stuck today. Maybe you're stuck today. My prayer for you is that today you're going to re-up your relationship with the Spirit of God. That somehow, someway, you're going to connect with something that I say that's going to give you something to walk out of here and be energized by the power of God. But here's here's the big aha that I want you to get. If nothing else, get this. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God that empowers me to live fully into my mission on earth. The breath of God that empowers me to live fully into my mission on earth. And that mission is what? continue bringing order out of chaos, to bring beauty out of brokenness, to bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's the mission that you and I all have, that you are God's plan. You are God's mission on earth. And that's why we have this annual theme that we're following. It says in Galatians, we've said this so many weeks and we're going to keep doing it. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. That's what we're about here. And we need the Spirit. So my hope, again, is that you'll re-up that relationship. I don't know about you, but I could always use a new gust of wind. Not a hurricane wind that destroys, but a, a good wind that, that's at my back that, that moves me forward. Two key verses I want to touch on, launching to into uh, something that... that uh, We're going to walk through together here. The first is there in Luke 24. Jesus, before he was crucified, told his followers, he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city till you've been clothed with power from on high. And then Acts chapter 1, verse 8, again, before 2, we read about that. He said, but you'll receive what? Power when the spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. Who's the Holy Spirit? And what is this power that the Spirit can give to you and me? Not in some nebulous, theoretical, abstract way, but what's the very real, practical, down-to-earth way in which the Holy Spirit can help you today when you walk out these doors and be there tomorrow and Tuesday and every day? So I want to take a look at five different words that, the scriptures use for the Holy Spirit. And each of them has a different nuance of how the Holy Spirit can, can impact your life, ways that you can relate to the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna ask you at the end of our time today, which one of those ways most connects with you today? All right? And so let's take a look here. Five empowering ways you can relate to the Spirit. The first one is this, and it is simple. The Spirit is my friend. The Holy Spirit is my friend. Can you say that with me? The Holy Spirit is my friend. Say it one more time. The Holy Spirit is my friend. My friend. My friend. My friend. Sometimes it's called the Holy Ghost. I don't know. That's a little scary. I think I'd rather call it the Holy Spirit. We don't like ghosts. Maybe that's why people don't connect too well with the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is our friend. The word there's also in another passage in that scripture in John. She said, I'm going to send you another helper, another comforter that King James uses or an advocate other scriptures use. And, um, and, and, and so the word there literally means the word is paraclete. In the original Greek, and it's a combination of two words, para and kalatos, means beside, called, called beside. The Spirit of God is called beside us. He comes alongside. And that's what a friend does, right? comes alongside of you. Somebody who's there when, uh, that you can call in the middle of the night. Somebody who's going to be there when nobody else is there. A true friend who's closer than family, who's closer than, than maybe even your spouse. They know you. They, they, they know all your secrets. They know all your fears. They know all your worries. And they still love you. And that's what a true friend is. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. You know, we keep, we keep false fronts up before people so often. And I think we don't want people to know us as we truly are because they may not like us. But the Holy Spirit knows everything about us and he loves us. I mean, he loves us. When the Spirit's in our life, he helps us to walk through difficult times. When the headwinds of life come at us, the Spirit helps us there's so many times in my life when I, when I look back and I think, man, if it wasn't for the Spirit, I wouldn't have made it through that time. And one of those times was, you know, I, I may have shared this with you before, but when we were in the process of seeing if God's going to help us get a church started, we're coming up on 30 years next year since the beginning of this church. And um oh, this is bad. I'm going to date us. So it, we were 30-year-old kids. Do the math. <laughs> Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> it's a tough day. <laughs> so. You know, we came from a church where we were on staff in State College, and the whole time, eight years, we were there pastoring and leading a student ministry and working with campus students and at Penn State and national cha- two national championships for Penn State while we were there. And uh, you know, it, and and the church grew from just a couple hundred to over seven hundred people. It was just the wind was at our back the whole time, and I'm thinking. God, I want to do something, daring. I want to start something. And I felt God called us to take this group that had been meeting in Penn Hills and, and, and be the first full-time pastors there and start with them. And so we did with a couple dozen people. We started a year later. We had a couple dozen people. We weren't able to pay our bills, having to take handouts from parents and from others, and feeling like a complete failure. I missed God's call. I'm a loser. I can't pastor. And there was a distinct moment in time when I remember driving home from a Sunday morning where I felt like a loser. And um, it was as if the spirit was in my car with me saying, you know, Bill? I'm going to do a work through you, but I'm going to do a work in you first. And I, I, I accepted that as this was God's training ground for me. This was my time to practice what I have preached to others. And um, I didn't know if I could succeed as a pastor, but I heard the Spirit, my friend, say, you know what, though? You know you can love your wife, and she loves you and you know you love your two little girls and they love you, you know what? You just do that and get your success from that. And don't worry about the church because they're more important than the church, which helped me to always keep that as my first priority. And, um, and that, was the vo- that was that friend who just came alongside and comforted me in that moment. And I'm sure you can look back at times in your life when you needed a friend to do that with you. And so here's the thought. The Holy Spirit is my friend. He's that helper that's there with me. Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I will go with you to the ends of the earth. And so because the Spirit is my friend, I can step forward with confidence. I can step forward. That's the power I have is the confidence. And so when's the last time you talked to your friend, the Holy Spirit? Because that's it. I pray to Jesus. No, pray to the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's equal part of the Trinity of God. In fact, Jesus sent the Spirit because he wasn't going to be with us and we're supposed to relate through the Spirit of Christ. So talk to the Spirit. Pray, Holy Spirit. Pray to the Spirit. Talk to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. So that's one. And I'm, i i got to move forward fast here because that's just the beginning of the ways in which we can relate. Another way, there's five ways. Second one is this. The Holy Spirit is my attorney. <laughs> yeah, I need an attorney and you do too. You too, we do. He doesn't even cost as nearly as much as your attorneys might cost here on earth. He's, he's, he's free of charge. You are his pro bono case for life. He's there offering you his services. But here's two verses. First is John 16. It says, It's best, Jesus said, It's best for you I go away because if I don't, the advocate or the attorney cannot come. If I, go, if, I, if I do go away, then I'm going to send him to you. And when he comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So in a sense the Holy Spirit is a prosecuting attorney, right? He prosecutes our, that we're separated from God. He lets us know that that all isn't well between me and God, but then he doesn't stop there. He talks about God's righteousness and God's judgment. And so the Holy Spirit is there to remind me, to convict me of my, of my guilt, but also to remind me that that guilt was taken care of because Jesus was God's righteousness in the flesh. And Jesus, as God's righteousness, took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Talk about an advocate. Talk about an attorney. But he's not just our prosecuting. He's our defense attorney, too. Uh, Notice in Romans it says, for those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. The spirit you receive doesn't make you slaves that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption as such. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That, that right there brings God so close there's nowhere in Scripture. In fact, in the Jewish world, to think of God as your Father was unheard of and blasphemous. And yet Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven. And then in Acts, it goes even more intimate. Say, our daddy, our Abba. That's what Abba means, our papa, our Abba. I mean, that's the intimate relationship that the Holy Spirit brings to us with the Father. And, and, and so he comes to our defense. And later on in that verse, it says that, that he helps us in our weakness. and We don't know how to pray. He himself intercedes for us like an attorney interceding for you he testifies to you that you are God's child in that other first verse and then he intercedes for you he's praying for you he's, he's defending you well I don't need to defend it well I, I think you do I think I do too because the enemy the accuser comes at us hard sometimes and says you're no good God doesn't love you You're not good enough to be his child. Look at what you've done. Look at the things you've thought. Look at the things you've said. Look at the ways you've, come on, God can't love you. And the spirit steps up and says, oh, no, you're wrong. This is my child. I love this child unconditionally. This child is my child. You can't make him a slave to guilt any longer. You can't make her a slave to shame any longer. You can't keep her under your thumb any longer. She's mine. He's mine. And that's what the defense attorney does for you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for you. And he sets us free from guilt and shame and fear. No longer are we slaves, but we're children of God. Because the Spirit is my attorney, I can move forward in courage. I can move forward in courage. But he's not just my friend, and he's not just my attorney. The third thing it says, the spirit is my coach. My coach. Coach. Now, we think of coach, sometimes we think of our athletic coaches, our sporting, sporting coaches. I, I, I think of coach in more of the pure meaning of the term coach, which is a vehicle that takes you from where you are to where you are want to be that's what the that's what a coach is. You know, a coach line, you see the bus lines, it comes from the horse and carriage, a coach. That's what a coach is. It carries you from here to there. And so the Spirit of God is that which carries me from where I am to where I need to be, where I want to be. And, and 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 there are life coaches out there. There are executive coaches, leadership coaches. Uh, part of what I've done in my doctoral program is to become certified professional coach. I do that with executives and leaders and teams and try trying to help them see what is it the future that is in front of them and where are they and walking with them step by step taking them from where they are to where they need to be and that's what the spirit does and in fact Galatians chapter 5 is all about that because it talks about here you are in the works of the flesh. These are the works of the flesh. It lists all those things that you know and I know that we do when we're controlled by our sinful nature. And then he says, but what? But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. Patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness, faithfulness, self-control. The Spirit is my coach and it helps me to build character in my life. The Spirit of God forms me and reshapes me into a person that, uh, that I know I want to be. But I need the Spirit's help to get there. That's what sanctification is all about. So the Spirit is my coach. The Spirit is my coach. You know, they're yelling at me and threatening me and and, and uh, like a, a sporting coach might be, he's not there telling me what to do and, 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 and ridiculing me if I don't do it or benching me. if. No, that's not the kind of coach he is. He's there to help me become my best me that I can be. And so he's, he's my, my helper or my friend, right? He's my coach. He's, he's my attorney, but number four, another one here. He's my investor, my investor. Oh, that sounds cool, right? He, he's my investor. Why do people go to investors? Why do we need investors? I love what it says in Romans that we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You when you when you are trying to start a business or start a company, you go to an investor, you go to a bank to get a loan, you go to the shark tank and you make your pitch, hoping that some billionaire is gonna get you give you what you need to get your 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 vision accomplished. And so when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of He is the investor that invests gifts into my life to give me the capacity to accomplish God's plan for my life life. And so the spirit gives us gifts. He gives us capacities and capabilities to be able to do his will. When I was at that point of desperation, I was looking around and I'm looking at there's a big church in Plum. There's a big church in Monroeville. There's a big church in Wilkinsburg. There's a big church in Elson Park and all these great leaders. And I'm thinking, why can't I grow a church. Why is this church not growing? And it was just the, the Spirit said to me, Bill, you don't have to be a Jim Leak. You don't have to be, uh, you know, a Jeff Leak or a whoever. You don't have to be, Um, uh, um, the pastor here and the pastor there who's senior moment here. Names I can't think of right now. You don't have to be those other guys. Spirit said, just be the best you. Be yourself. You'll reach people that they can't reach. John Kurt, growing a big church, and he He was my safety net, by the way, Lisa. Your dad said to me, Bill, you know, if you're going to leave there, you can come and work with me. And I'm like, okay, I got that in my back pocket. And I I, I felt like the Spirit was saying, you know what? You have gifts that they don't have. They have gifts that you don't have. Just be you. Be yourself. You'll reach people. God will use you. And it was like, okay, God, I'm just going to try to be me, and if it doesn't work, <laughs> I can go work with John. <laughs> but it was like, let's do this. Let's do this. The Spirit does this for all of us. The gifts are listed, and there's there's several sampling sampling lists of gifts in Romans 12, First Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. We're going to be looking at those in the coming weeks, but. But the idea here is this that God is invested in you because God has a plan for you. God wants you to achieve the plans that He has for you. And He's given you the gifts to be able to do that. The Spirit of God is that for you, and He is that for me. So He's my friend, right? He's my attorney, He's my investor. What's the one I'm missing? See, it just you're listening. He's my coach. I do it. I just didn't. I wanted you to tell me. And then the last one is this He's my guide, He's my scout. That's, that's the verse we looked at at the beginning in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. We all want to know the future, don't we? We all wish. People people pay big money to go to you know, these psychics or people who can tell them what's going to happen in the future and all of that. But we want to know what's down the road. I, that passage talks about the fact that Jesus said, you don't know the times and the dates of my father. <laughs> I'm not telling you exactly when this world's going to come to an end or when your plan, God's plan, is going to be culminated. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do what? To take the first step, which is Jerusalem. And the next step, which is Judea. And the next step, which is Samaria. And you just take one step at a time, and you can see that God's plan is going to reach to the ends of the earth. And you know what? You don't need to know what's going to happen five years from now. But you need the spirit to take the first step after you walk out of here today. And you'll need the spirit to help you take the steps that you need to take tomorrow. And day by day, taking a step, saying, I'm going to do the right thing today. I'm going to take the right step right now. And as you live daily by the power of the Spirit, He will guide you to take the steps so that you will be able to look back someday and say, look and see what the Spirit of God has done through me. Look at the legacy that I am leaving behind. Not because I knew in advance what was going to happen, but because I followed the Spirit day by day by day. The Spirit is my guide. And because the Spirit is my guide, I can step forward with power, with power. And so here, we're going to wrap it up right now. And I want to ask this question. What's the next step for you? What's the next step for you? What's, how does the Spirit want you to move forward? And maybe a good way to try to come up with the answer to that is, which of those five things did you connect with? Which right now, which relates to you? The spirit as your friend, the spirit as your your advocate or your attorney, the spirit as your coach, your investor, your guide. If if you could pick one of those things right now that you're saying, yeah, I need the spirit to be that for me, which one of those things would it be? Friend. How many of you would say friend? How many of you say, I need him to be my attorney? How many of you would say, you know... I need the spirit of God to be my coach to help me move forward in my life. How many of you say, you know, I need the spirit to be my investor. I could use some investments from God. (laughs) Uh, How many of you say, "I I need him to guide me every day, every day, every day. That's awesome. You know what would be the, what would be sad? is if we have interactions with the Spirit, but it doesn't make a difference in our life. We have these encounters when we gather together, when the Spirit is in our midst, and we have, we're singing a great song, and the Spirit just touches our hearts and brings tears to our eyes, and, or we hear a, read a scripture, or hear a message, or somebody shares a story, and it's like, you know the Spirit is just speaking to you, but then you go out and nothing changes nothing changes. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I, I go through that too. It's like, oh, I make this promise to God on a Sunday morning, and then I break it on Monday afternoon, you know? Um, God, help me forgive. And then, oh, the anger and resentment just comes right back. Um reminds me of the story of of Moses. And if you understand the story there, remember the story, He, he, he is reluctantly called by God and goes and God uses him to lead the people out of bondage and slavery out of Egypt through the Red Sea. And they go and they hear from God on the mountain of God. They get this identity of God's people now who this God is, how they should react and relate and worship with that God. And God says, I'm going to give you a land that I promised you that's flowing with all kinds of milk and honey. The wind is going to be blowing at your back in that land. And if you continue to to hold me up and worship me, you're going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing to all these others. And God promises all these things. But it seems like Every time Moses would share the message that God is giving to Moses, everybody would say, yay, God, and then they'd turn around and go back to the way they were before. They'd be doing the same stuff. Oh, we're so, you know, we're such losers. Oh, we should go back to Egypt. Oh, you know, division and arguing, and they just, they, they talk the good talk. But when it came to walking it out, they always went back to the way they were. And and so here's the thing, the story is told in I think Exodus 37, Exodus 33. And uh, God is saying to Moses, as they're about to go into the promised land, they're at the border of the the river Jordan. And God's saying, okay, there's a land, I got it for you. Now, I want you to go and take the land, but God says, because you don't listen and your people quit listening to me, you're going alone, I'm not going with you, Moses. Can you imagine that? God says, I have a plan for you, but you're gonna do it in your own energy. You're gonna do it in your own strength. I'm not going with you because you don't want me. You say you do, but you don't because you keep going back to your old ways. And so go ahead, go without me. Go it alone, see what happens. (laughs) What do you think Moses did? No way, God. No way, God, I'm not going up there without you. No way, I'm not gonna face those challenges. We're not gonna knock those walls of Jericho down on our own strength. We're not gonna take the next town. We're not gonna fight those battles with those people. We're not gonna do without you, God. God. No way, God. God, if you don't go, we're not going either. And so Moses got desperate for the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, to go with him. And because he got desperate before God, the Spirit says, okay, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. The problem is, we're not desperate for the Spirit, we're going alone. Yeah, we believe in God. Yeah, we we say the right things and we get touched by the Spirit. But we're going alone too often in life. And I don't want you to leave here and go alone because the Spirit's your friend. He's your attorney. He's your coach. The Spirit's your guide. The Spirit's going to be there with you. Don't leave without Him. Would you bow your heads with me? Spirit of God fall fresh on us blow on us this morning fill our sails oh God I pray don't let us walk out of here and leave you here help us to go with you God blowing at our backs thank you for investing in us your gifts may we use those gifts for your glory thank you God for being that friend when we're all alone and seems like nobody Knows us or understands us, you do. You know us best. You love us most. Thank you, God, that you're there to defend us when the enemy is heaping guilt upon us. When we feel like losers. When we need somebody to intercede. Thank you, God. Through thank you, Spirit, that you're there interceding for us. Thank you, Spirit, that you help me to grow into a person of character and maturity. And God, I need you to help me do that because the flesh needs to be crucified daily. God, help me. Guide me. Help me take the next step. Live tomorrow for you and the next day and every day do the right thing because the Spirit is my guide. Lead me in the way of everlasting life, I pray. And now, God, I pray for everybody in this room you know you know and we know help us to re-up our relationship with you Jesus pray right now that people right now sitting there saying Jesus uh, uh, Spirit of God uh, Spirit of God I want to I want to re-up my relationship with you Spirit of God be in my life fill me fill me come inside me be with me I accept you I receive you I take you. I need you. I'm committed to you, Spirit of God, because I know you're committed to me. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.